The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, June 6, 2022. The woman in your life will do what she must do To comfort you and calm you down And let you rest now The woman in your life, she can rest so easily She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Oh, my goodness. What a great day it is here in Sonoma County. Well, I have three special guests with me this morning. Joining me in the studio is Anne Warren Clark, who's the director of the acclaimed Bay Area Children's Theater. And starting June 2nd to June 26th, she is playing Dolores Rhodes in the play 9 to 5 at the 6th Street Playhouse here in Santa Rosa. I believe this was the part that uh, Dolly Parton played in the original movie 9 to 5. Also joining me in the studio is Shakina Black, who is the public relations coordinator for the 6th Street Playhouse and the executive director of the Peace and Justice Center in Santa Rosa. And I have to add, a dear, dear friend. I'm really happy to have her in the studio with me today. Anyway, uh, also joining me on the phone this morning will be Nancy Rogers, who is the chair of the Juneteenth celebration of Juneteenth at Martin, the Martin Luther King Park in Santa Rosa. We'll be talking about their 52nd year of doing this event, and I am proud to report that I'm on this board, and we are going to have a wonderful, wonderful, safe event. You know, I, I have to express myself here. My heart is still aching when I think of that horrible shooting in Texas. Nineteen children were killed, the oldest being 10 years old, plus two teachers. You know, I was at Costco, and every time I saw a child, I cried thinking of those poor children with that mass murder and 15 police officers out, out, outside the door and did nothing. You know, many of us think we're powerless over all of this, but what we have to do is we have to start writing our representatives, our senators, our congresspeople, our local people, and get them to start putting in some common sense gun laws. I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't make much sense to me that we can't have some control over, over the guns in this country. You know, we have 400 million guns on the streets, I mean, it's just amazing. That's more guns than there are people, and we really, really have to look at that. Well, I have a few announcements to make. Like I said, Juneteenth is gonna be happening June 18th at the Martin Luther King Jr. Park in Santa Rosa from 10 o'clock in the morning till six o'clock in the evening. And they're also going to be doing a, uh, um, a march uh, from uh, Juilliard Park here in Santa Rosa all the way to the Martin Luther King Jr. Park uh, right near the fairgrounds. And it's going to be led by the Hubbub team and I, Hubbub band, and I'm really, really excited about that. Also, something very special is happening. You know, I've announced it before, uh, Athena House, which is a, uh, a, a drug rehabilitation program for women here in Sonoma County uh, is closing, and we're trying to keep it open. And the National Organization for Women, the Sonoma County chapter, is going to have a Zoom meeting on June the 13th 
from uh, 6 o'clock to 7.30. And if you go on their website, www.nowsonoma.org, you'll find all the information. Or you can go on Women's Spaces at www.womenspaces.com, and you can find out exactly um, what is going on and, and all the different the Zoom information and all the, all the other things that are happening. Um, you know, just, it's really important that as women that we get involved in the, um, in, with Athena House. I mean, this is really an important program. You know, what's so interesting about it is I was the first staff, you know, when I got my master's degree from San Francisco State, all of a sudden this job came up, and it was just wonderful. The idea of, of women in lieu of incarceration was amazing to me, and we put so many women through the program. It was just it was just heartfelt, you know, women who lost their children, watching them get their children back, watching them get their lives together, you know, and, and here it was a place where women could come and really start looking at some of the issues that are going on in their lives. So I think it's very important that we support it. And I've, I've invited every what I consider mover and shaker female in our county to see if we can just put our heads together and see if there's something that we can do to keep this amazing, amazing place open. Well, like we do every Monday morning, you know, we do the segment, Our History is Our Strength. And I have to repeat it over and over and over again because it's very important that women recognize this. The reason it's important to understand your history, it gives you confidence. You know, right now we're having an election. We're trying to elect a new sheriff. You know, we have a, there's a, a challenge with Measure P that maybe they don't want to be, have as much oversight as we think is possible. I mean, all the different things that go on and people get discouraged. But when you understand your history and you understand what women stood up and what they did in spite of being, I mean, way back when, if a woman was excited or was talking, you know, uh, trying to promote a cause, they would put her in a mental institute, you know. So we've come a long way. But these women, prior to we, when we got the vote, they really had a lot of courage. So let's talk about, let's talk about our history as our strength and what it does for me. I know whenever I get discouraged, I read about Ida B. Wells. You know, whenever I read about her, I say, if Ida B. Wells could have done that, could have gone back to the South, you know, reported on lynching her life-threatened if she can do it I can do it too and there's an amazing women that we're going to talk about this morning okay let's see here our history is our strength well on June 11 1913 1913 that's over a hundred years ago women in Illinois celebrated the passage of a state women's suffrage bill allowing women to vote in presidential elections you know, we're going to have an election coming up here uh, June tomorrow, actually, June 7th, you know, and we just go to the polls. We just take it for granted. At one time, women could not do that. It's, it's a privilege to vote, and it's a responsibility to vote. And you think, uh, here it was in 1913, Illinois finally got it. And in, in, in here across the nation, we did not, all of us did not get the right to vote until the 1920s. So you know that this was really a big deal. And then on June 10th, 1963, this is very, very important. I mean, women really struggled to get this. And that's the Equal Pay Act was enacted to prohibit discrimination on account of sex in the payment of wages by employers engaged in commerce or in the production of goods for commerce. 
Now, you know, this is very interesting when you start thinking about it. Here it was, 1963, the Equal Pay was enacted, and still today, 2022, women are still not getting equal pay to men. And we still do not have the Equal Rights Amendment. There is something here that is not really right, ladies, and we really need to pay attention to that. But on June, on June 10th, 1963, at least there was something put on the books that we are demanding equal pay. And then this is, this is really interesting. In June 9th, 1949, Georgia Neese Clark was confirmed as the first woman treasurer in the United States. So here we are, 1949, it took over 20 years after we got the vote to finally get a woman in this type of office. It's amazing. So congratulations to Georgia and East Clark. And I didn't even know that until I went into this. I thought, wow, in 1949, they had somebody that was the head, you know, that was the head of the, uh, you know, of... I mean, of the treasury, and when you think about it, you know, I think about myself. I was nine years old in 1949, but my father was a union man, and he got some really, he made a good salary, so we were very comfortable. But think that this woman was first confirmed, and things were very different in 1949 than they are today. I mean, we were a proud nation. We felt we won the war. You know, our GIs came back. They had the GI Bill. They had opportunities to get education, although there still were some pretty negative things happening for our African-American brothers and sisters. But generally speaking, it looked like the world was going to come together. And here we are today. We're still struggling to have unions for everybody. Well, here's some special birthdays. On June 7th, uh, she was born on June 7th, 1917, and she made her transition in 2000. Gwendolyn Brooks, she was a poet, the first African-American woman to win the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry in 1950. Now, when you think of this woman winning the Pulitzer Prize in 1950, we were just starting to get into the civil rights movement. I mean, African Americans had no voice whatsoever. And here this woman won a Pulitzer Prize. Amazing. Gwendolyn Brooks. And then someone born, the woman Estelle Griswold. Right? This woman is very, very interesting. She was born June 8, 1900. Can you imagine 1900? Here we are in 2022. And she made her transition in 1981. That was Estelle Griswold, birth control advocate. Birth control. Do you realize that at one time we could not get birth control unless our husband signed for it? I mean, can you imagine that? Oh, my goodness. Uh, she was a pioneer defendant in the Supreme Court's Kate Griswold versus Connecticut, which legalized contraception. Imagine legalized contraception. In other words, legalized that women could actually have birth control, but only for married couples. God forbid you should get you know, birth control and you're single and you're out there having some pleasure. I think that's what it is. I think it's the pleasure principle. I think there are some people that are just so hung up on the negativity of sex that they don't want anybody to have it. So now they're going to say no birth control. Oh, I mean, just ridiculous. I don't know. I can't, I can't think about it anymore. And our last person uh, was born uh, June 9th, 1921, and she made her transition in 1993, Phyllis Wallace. She was an, ec an ec economist. She was the first African-American woman who got a full professorship at Sloan School of Management at MIT, pioneer in the study of sex and race discrimination in the workplace. 
So imagine that, you know, one time, at one time there was no evaluation of discrimination or sexual discrimination in the workplace. So these women were pioneers, you know, they made it possible for all of us. And you know, when you start looking at what's going on with the Supreme Court and challenging Roe versus Wade, you know, we better be careful, ladies, or we're going to lose, we're going to lose some of the freedoms that we have. You know, in talking about freedom, I'm going to bring on my next guest, which is Nancy Rogers, and we're going to be talking about Juneteenth. And the, this, I'm going to take a little bit of a musical break here. And the play, the, the song I'm going to play is called Dark Testament, and it's done by a spoken word by Rashad and Courtney Reed Eaton. And this song, when you listen to it, I mean, when you listen to it, it's a long song. It's about three and a half minutes long, and I really encourage people to hang in. Listen to the lyrics. It gives you an idea of what freedom really means. And, th and think way back when, what people went through, especially African-American human beings, you know, into slavery for 400 years. I mean, I can't imagine what that was like. I mean, to me, to have somebody telling me what I have to do, how I have to do, when I have to do it, working 16, 20 hours in the field. I mean, these people, it was really a very, very sad situation. And there are powers among us that would like to see us back there again. Let me tell you something. There are people like say, hey, we want the good old days. Of course, the good old days when they can oppress women, when they can oppress African-Americans, when they can oppress, you know, Asians or whatever they're oppressing for that week. You know, and now we're looking at all these shootings going on. I mean, it's just we really have to start looking at who we are as a nation and who we are as an individual person. It's very, very, very important. So let's go ahead, Ken. We're going to play Dark Testament. And when I come back, when we come back, uh, joining me on the phone will be Nancy Rogers, chair of the Juneteenth Festival happening on June 18th at the Martin Luther King Park in Santa Rosa. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and play that. Hope is a crushed stalk between clenched fingers. Hope is a bird's wing broken by a stone. Hope is a word in a tuneless ditty, a word whispered with the wind, a dream of 40 acres and a mule, a cabin of one's own and a moment to rest. A name and a place for one's children and children's children at last. Hope is a song in a weary throat. Give me a song of hope and a world where I can sing it. Give me a song of faith and a people to believe in it. Give me a song of kindliness and a country where I can live it. Give me a song of hope and love and a brown girl's heart to hear it. I sing of a new American, separate from all others, yet enlarged and diminished by all others. I am the child of kings and serfs, freemen and slaves, 
having neither superiors nor inferiors, progeny of all colors, all cultures, all systems, all beliefs, I have been enslaved, yet my spirit is unbound. I have been cast aside, but I sparkle in the darkness. I have been slain, but live on in the rivers of history. I seek no conquest, no wealth, no power, no revenge. I seek only discovery of the illimitable heights and depths of my own being. Hope is a crushed stalk between clenched fingers. Hope is a bird's wing broken by a stone. Hope is a word in a tuneless ditty. A word whispered with the wind. A dream of 40 acres and a mule. A cabin of one's own and a moment to rest. A name and a place for one's children. And children's children. At last. Hope is a song in a weary throat. Oh, my goodness. Oh, talking about freedom, talking about what the expectation is, is just amazing. Well, for you just joining in, I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, the board of directors, its members, or women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holt. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Joining me on the phone is Nancy Rogers. Welcome, Nancy. Welcome once again to Women's Spaces. Well, thank you, Elaine. I'm really happy to have you. You know, it's uh, Nancy, before we begin, uh, I would like to tell our folks a little bit about you. Is that okay? Oh, yes, of course. Nancy Rogers is the chair of the Juneteenth Festival that has been happening at the Martin Luther King Park in South Park, Santa Rosa, for the past 52 years. I can't believe that. It's a little over a half a century. Uh, she is a board member of the Black Forum and president of the North Bay Black Chamber of Commerce and president of Entrepreneurs of Tomorrow. When do you have a time to sleep, Nancy? A nonprofit organization that provides scholarships for young people of color and co-owner of the Red Rose Catering with her husband, Harold Rogers. She is a mother and a grandmother and a great neighbor. Well, welcome. Welcome once again, Nancy, to Women's Spaces. Is there anything that you'd like to uh, add? No, I think you covered it all, Elaine. Um, I'm just, um, I just believe that, you know, if I live in this community, um, that I should be part of this community. And so that's why I'm so active in well, this community. Well, thank you for all you do. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure knowing you, actually. Nancy and I have been neighbors now for all, over 30 years, so we... 
<laughs> she actually got me active in many, many organizations, too. Well, listen, Nancy, give us a little history of uh, Juneteenth. I, I can give, let me let me just read this a little bit, uh, just a little bit before you do that. Uh, Juneteenth is the oldest known celebration commemorating the ending of slavery in the United States, dating back to 1865. It was on June 19th that Union soldiers led by Major General Gordon Greiner uh, landed at Galveston, Texas. Boy, Texas is really an interesting spot with news that the war had ended and that enslaved were now free. Note that this was two and a half years after President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, which had become official January 1st, 1863. So do you want to add anything to that little history, a little history about uh, Juneteenth here in Sonoma County? Oh, well, yes. I want to start off, though, um, just um, giving all praise to the founder that brought Juneteenth to the uh, to June, uh, Sonoma County. Sorry. Um, Ms. Martell Perry, she brought the Juneteenth celebration in 1854. And so she was a stable in, in the Santa Rosa community. Um, and they continue to have that today, and I think it's going to be on June 19th. But the MLK Juneteenth Festival was founded back in 1970. It wasn't found. It wasn't a Juneteenth festival. It wasn't even a Martin Luther King festival. It was just the start of a protest that uh, students at the junior college brought together uh, people uh, because they needed to stop a road or something like that that was going through the park. And so a good way to bring people together is free food and music. And they did, and it was so big that they decided to continue to have it on. And throughout the years, it's gone through different names. Um, the MLK K Martin Luther King uh, uh, Festival, but when Martin Luther King became a major holiday and and some of the members wanted to start having a Juneteenth, we said, why have two? Let's just combine them. And so now we have the MLK Juneteenth Festival. The majority of the people now just call it the Juneteenth Festival. But it's continued to go on every year out at the Martin Luther King Park. It's a family event. And this year I'm so excited about it because we got a great committee and we uh, have a full schedule of activities. And so, um, and we have a special thing going on this year. Uh, we're going to be doing a walk from Julia Park to the MLK Park in honor of a great person, Vince Harper. Before um, before like, before we get into that, Nancy, that I want to ask you a question. When okay. did when did you first learn about Juneteenth? I know you were saying that at, before you came to California, you really were not aware of it. And what impact did it have on you finding out about it? Well, you're right. Uh, and I'm from Arkansas, and I did not find out about Juneteenth until um, I came to California, and um, and that was in the late seventies. And when I found out about it, I started doing more reading about it, uh, especially when um, we was going to add Juneteenth as part of the MLK Festival. And just to find out that these people had been waited, waiting all these many years for to be free, you know, it just like, it just blew my mind. And, you know, how can people do that? And so, um, I, I, yeah, I just... Uh, 
So it had it had it had it had a major. It sounds like it had a major pack impact on you. So now let's 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 turn back. Uh, what we were just talking about is I understand you are honoring a community leader, Vince Harper. They're going to be doing a march, talk, a march from Juilliard Park all the way to Martin Luther King Park. Uh, talk about Vince Harper. Give us just a little bit of background. Well, Vince Harper, um, you know, I know him just because when I need something, you know, he's always, uh, we have this um, little committee called Blacks United, and Vince was always on Blacks United. He was always a person that when, uh, for years, when we needed him, anything out at the Martin Luther King Park, um, he was right there to help us out. The electricity in the little uh, schoolhouse, he opened the doors for us. He takes pictures of the, of the festivals every year. And so he was a really, really good go-to person, and he was just um, really involved in the kids in the community, and that's what I really appreciated about him. Well, I, he was an amazing man. I mean, he was like, I know, he was just this go-to person. If you needed something, go to Vince. He was always there. I think it's wonderful that we're honoring him. And the Hubbub group, they are so much fun. So, you know, if you folks listening, you know, if you want to take a wonderful walk with a bunch of wonderful, fun people, you know, this is the time to do it, and it's going to be on the 18th. Well, you know, this year will be your 52nd anniversary, and with this event being the first outdoor, I mean, how exciting. I mean, you had two years of Zoom, which I have to compliment you. You had two excellent, excellent uh, celebrations, uh, even though we had to do it with the Zoom. But tell us a little bit about some of the highlights that are going to be going on this year and why you think it's important to celebrate every year and what you hope folks walk away with when they come to the celebration. You know, Elaine, I always say that it's a, it's a family event, and we will always want people to come out there to have fun. But we can never, ever, ever forget, you know, what, what we're celebrating and, you know, whose shoulders are we still standing on. You know, so many people, you know, just died and got hung and killed and whatever for us to do what we're doing today. Even, like, tomorrow is voting, go to vote. And so, although we're still fighting these battles still today, but it's so many people gave their lives for that. So we can't forget, why we're celebrating, we need to remember why we're there. And this year, it's really, people want to get outside. You know, I was up to like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and believe me, still getting emails uh, regarding Juneteenth. And so, um, it's going to be an exciting event. We're going to have a really good gospel hour. Um, uh, uh, the health and wellness area are going to be out there giving out the vaccines and sanitizers and, and um, we're going to have Zuma spoken word we're going to have some really great bands out there um, story, kids stories I understand I understand you're going to have Midnight Sun Midnight Sun is going to be there um, a band called Remain in the Light Bobby Blues Band Fall Love you know, um, it's, it's going to be um, Blackbird Band is going to be there. And so it's, it's, I'm so excited. And you know what I'm excited about is that we have, um, I know for sure we have two, and we may have three um, city, like the city supervisors, Chris Corsi, supposed to be there, re- reading us, um, giving us a gold proclamation, Landon Rogers from the city and um I think the uh, vice mayor, Everest, is going to be there. 
And so I'm just so happy that so many people are just taking part in it this year. Well, do you folks have a website? I know you're on Facebook, and I know, do you have a website where people can get more and more information about it? Yes, they could go to www.sonomacountyjuneteenth.com, and we have information on it, and we have information on Facebook. And also, we're going to be having a basketball game, and I think we're going to have uh, the community uh, going to, going against the, the city of Santa Rosa, so that should be exciting. And then I, I heard a little gossip uh, that uh, you're going to be having maybe a domino contest. And, of course, we also have that 50-50 raffle, which everybody always wants to win every year. Well, you know, <laughs> before we say goodbye, uh, Nancy, because we've come to the end of the excitement, uh, segment, I want to thank all the sponsors. You have about 15 sponsors, and I'm going to list them all on Women's Spaces at www.womenspaces.com so people can see all the wonderful community people that have uh, donated to this wonderful, wonderful cause. But before we say goodbye, what do you hope people walk away from in attending this uh, festival? What, what do you want them to get out of it? I just want them to enjoy the, uh, the, the festival. Just take it all in and just start thinking about, you know, how far we, we come and how far we still have to go. You know, um, we... Um, we have come a long ways, but a lot of the things that even our forefathers fought for, we're still fighting for those today. Right. And it's... so people can't can't forget that. They just can't forget and just let things go because, before you know it, we'll be right back where they were. And so I, do, I want people to have fun, but I still want them to be knowledgeable of what, what we're there for. Well, thank you so much, Nancy Rogers. Thank you for all that you do for the community. Thank you for being on Women's Spaces and much, much success with the Juneteenth, which is happening on June 18th at the Martin Luther King Park here in Sonoma County. And they're going to be having a, a little bit of a walk from Jilliard Park all the way being led by a wonderful, wonderful band. Thank you again, Nancy. Thank you so much. And another reminder, folks, tomorrow is voting day. I mean, we are Americans, you know, to be to vote. There are countries that people are still having revolutions trying to get the vote. And we, we say, oh, I don't know. Our, and, you know, you hear that old saying, our vote doesn't count. Well, I got news for you, folks. If your vote didn't count, they wouldn't be putting up all these barriers so you can't vote. You've got to get out there and vote. This is very, very important, particularly here in Sonoma County. We're voting for a, a new district attorney and a new sheriff. I mean, those are pretty big positions. So folks have to be go ahead and out and vote. Well, thank you again, Nancy. And we're going to take another musical break. And I'm really excited. The song I'm going to be playing is the song called Nine to Five. It's sung by uh, songwriter and country singer Dolly Parton. And when I return in the studio, joining me in the studio is Ann Warren Clark, and she's going to be playing that part, uh, Dolly Parton's part. She is the director of the acclaimed Bay, Area, Bay Area's Children's Theater, and she's playing Dorley Rhodes in Nine to Five, the musical at the Sixth Street Playhouse here in Santa Rosa. And also will be joining me, Sheena Black, who is the public relations coordinator for the Playhouse, and also the executive director for the Peace and Justice Center. So let's go ahead, Ken, let's go ahead and play 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. In the shower and the blood starts pumping 
out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. Working nine to five. when I listen to that song, Nine to Five, I suddenly realize, man, I've been retired for a long time. I don't have to go to an office anymore. But boy, I remember those days. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spices, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And joining me in the studio is Annie Warren-Clark and Shakina Black. Welcome, ladies. Let's hear your voice. Welcome, Annie. Give us a little hello, a little shout-out. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this is wonderful. And how about you, Shakina? Good to see you, Elaine. Thanks for having me as well. Well, it's wonderful, I mean, that you're doing this play. I mean, this is one of my favorite movies. And before we start, let me let me tell a little bit about each of you, and I'm going to correct something. Uh, Annie Clark was formally, she was the director of the acclaimed Bay Area's Children's Theater. So we're just going to correct that. Uh, um, Annie Clark is the managing director of the Sixth Street Playhouse, uh, at, which is a nonprofit theater company with two stages at the Santa Rosa venue. Formerly, she was the director of the acclaimed Bay Area Children's Theater. She is nationally recognized, uh, award-winning director. She directed music and choreographer uh, over 40 productions with children across the Bay Area. She's well-known in regional theater in the Bay Area. She was also featured in the film Dream Girls. What did you play in Dream Girls? What was that part? I was sweetheart number one. Oh. Oh my, that was really great. And she won. Uh, she won the acclaim as the Snow White in the original Company of the Snow White, an enchanting new musical at Disneyland. Her credits also include uh, Broadway shows. And now, right now, she's starring in the Sixth Street Playhouse, Nine to Five, as as Dora Lee Rhodes, and that was the part that Dolly Parton played. Well, that's going to be fun. Do you tie the guy up on the theater, on the stage? I sure do. I get to tie Mark up more than once. <laughs> and I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> and let me tell you just a little bit about uh, Shakina Black. Uh, Jakina Black is the uh, public relations specialist at the 9th Street Playhouse. Additionally, she serves as the executive director of the Peace and uh, 
Freedom Party, excuse me, Freedom, Freedom Center, my goodness. Justice. In Sonoma County, she is passionate about the creative arts and the key role that music, theater, and dance play in our life. Previously, she was the booking agent at Redwood Cafe. Boy, did we go to some wonderful, wonderful things at that cafe until the pandemic happened where she and the team were the recipients of the 2019 BOHO Award for Best Live Music Venue. My goodness. What, a, what I'm so sorry that that's not there anymore. Do you want any of you want to add anything else, anything that you'd like to add about yourself? I'll just quickly add that I have a show coming up at Sixth Street Playhouse that was scheduled for Redwood Cafe in 2020 but got canceled because of the pandemic. And that is Shauna Morrison and Caledonia. She is the daughter of Van Morrison. And that will be July 30th at Sixth Street Playhouse, the first of the concert series. I'm honored to be taking that show on the road and now having a new place to produce live music. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And July, will you keep, you got to keep us updated. Definitely. Well, let's start with you, Annie. You know, I'm just really curious. You have quite, quite a, a, a resume. What, what, is, what inspired you to, with all your background, here you are in Sonoma County working in this small little theater group here in Sonoma County, the Sixth Street Playhouse. What inspired you to come here to Sonoma County to do that? And also, what does your job entail? Great question. Um, well, like so many people during the pandemic, I was laid off from my position at Bay Area Children's Theater. There was no way to provide education in person to children during the pandemic. Um, so I was given the opportunity to join the staff at Sixth Street Playhouse in September of 2020 as the managing director. And I could not be more thrilled. It's such a great community to be a part of and it's a really great fit for my family. I'm a single mom of two little boys. Um, so we are really settling in after our first year here in Santa Rosa and uh, I couldn't be happier. Um, my job as the managing director is quite a large one. When I joined, I was also in charge of the education department because I have you know, a background it, it, in that. Explain that, you know, it's so interesting when you start doing the interviews and you start doing the research, you find out things that you didn't know. Explain about what, what is the education department? I didn't even know that they had that there. Yeah, well, we kind of redid everything when I started and it became Sixth Street Studio, which is the educational wing of the Playhouse now. And we offer educational programs for kids ages four to 100, <laughs> adults too. And um, we have been offering skill-based and production-based programming throughout the pandemic via Zoom and now in person. We have a thriving summer camp program that just started today and we'll be serving Oh, gosh, about 150 students this summer with in-person programming doing Madagascar Junior, Annie Junior, and Legally Blonde Junior. And we just brought on uh, Asia Gianola Norris as our new education director. She's the director of community engagement as well. So... That's amazing. I mean, so now you not only have a, a small theater venue, but now you have a place for young people and people who are aspiring to be in the theater right here in our own county, which is amazing. Well, you know, before we, before we go into some other stuff about you, Annie, I'd like to ask Shakina if you wrote, this is a new role for you, uh, being the uh, 
public relations specialist. I love that. Talk about that. And what? Why do you? Why do you like this position? Why do you think that the Sixth Street Playhouse is such an important venue here in our community? Well, I have been in the county for a long time, and I, I know a lot of people, and I believe that public relations is very, very important. And so that's what I bring to the table is helping to merge different communities together and introducing people who may never have seen a play at Sixth Street Playhouse to the venue. There are actually two theaters there. One is a 184-seat theater, and the other is a 99-seat theater. So you can see these really fabulous productions. I started in September, and I have to say the caliber of the productions is world-class really and I have a theater arts background I have a master's in entertainment business so I'm not saying this lightly I just saw real women have curves that unfortunately I had to wait until the last weekend of the run but oh, that fabulous. tear mm-hmm. tears coming out of my eyes and I already knew what was going to happen but so well done and then I've heard great things about nine to five actually i heard from our sound engineer that the set design is one of the best ever and they they just don't hold back this is community theater but on a very professional level well you know i saw i saw i've been i've been i saw the hank williams which was amazing an amazing play and then i saw the uh Real women have curves. Mm-hmm. And I, I was very emotional myself. But what was so interesting is that you not only get to see a play, <laughs> you actually feel like you're in the play because it's so round and, you know, it's just, it just such an inviting feeling. Well, you know, you know, Chikine, I know you have a real passion for live theater. Why do you think it's important? And when it comes to young people, what what do you think? Why is it important for maybe young people to look at maybe looking at theater? I mean, I know it. It for me personally, I know it helps you lift your confidence. Right, I agree with that. And I think it's really important to expose young people to all kinds of cultural events. I raised my four children in this county, and now they're all young adults. And we went to a lot of live theater. Theater, and I think it's really important to make a well-rounded person. The other thing is not everyone wants to be on the stage, and so that's intimidating. And so we do have a stagecraft education uh, class at Sixth Street Playhouse. So I highly encourage parents to look at the offerings, and maybe your young person doesn't want to be in the spotlight, but there's a lot to do behind the scenes, learning how to build sets and what goes into sound engineer and everything. You know, there's real careers for people. I especially want to encourage young women to look at maybe technical theater as a career option. Well, to bring that, what what type of, Annie, what kind of education, what kind of background do you have that you end up working in this field? What, what did you, what did you pursue? Yeah, I studied musical theater at uh, UCLA, and uh, yeah, I had I got a fantastic education there, and then I had the good fortune to be a working professional actor in my twenties until I became a mom, and then I transitioned into education because I think it's so important to pass on that passion, the joy, the gift that theater gives to kids and the life skills that they learn while taking theater classes are things that transition into so many different professions. 
You know, it's interesting. I was thinking when I was in, in high school, I was on a, in a play. I can't even remember the name of it, but I remember the first time that we got on stage looking out of the audience, and then all of a sudden the confidence that you had to be able to, to speak out, you know, that is so important. I mean, that's one of the things here on Women's Spaces, you know, that we try to, we do the Women's Spaces pledge, you know, your self-esteem doesn't depend on anything outside there, that you have to have a relationship with yourself, and I think that's what theater helped. By the way, I used to to do improvisations when I was in New York. <laughs> I used to sit on a corner with my friend Stevie Landsberg and we used to do improvisations. They'd throw money in a plate. I mean, it was that's great. He was my Jewish mother. Oh, that's fantastic. Really well, Annie, talk about some of the stuff that's happening at the Playhouse, particularly 9 to 5. Now, what made you pick that of all the plays in the world? And it's so timely because of what's happening to women today. I can't stand it. What made you pick it? And how is it that you're playing the role? What What are you getting out of it? And what do you think is the main message there? Oh, wow. Great questions. Well, actually, Jared Sakran, our artistic director, is in charge of choosing the titles. And I think that he did a fantastic job with the play reading committee to choose the titles in our season. And closing with 9 to 5 is such a fabulous choice. It's a story that's really about empowering women and shining a light on the things that are still happening today in the workplace with objectification, unequal pay, and the outcome of the story where Violet gets promoted to be the first female CEO of the company right. is <laughs> really wonderful. And my my character, um, you know, falls into an unfortunate stereotype where she is sexually harassed on a daily basis by her boss. And the empowerment of becoming the boss too like Violet empowers both Dorley and Judy to really take control of what they're doing in the company and have ownership over changing the environment for everyone and I think just female empowerment across the board is the message for this story the yeah. empowerment you know it reminds me of a story I work for a uh, Arthur Bernstein Insurance Company in Los Angeles, and we were trying to get a, a major contract from this huge insurance company. And so he asked me to come along with me. I was about 22 at the time. And at 22, I mean, I would, I would consider myself, you know, I was more of a Hollywood type because I lived in, in, in West Los Angeles, you know, near Scribner's, you know, <laughs> by the Scribner's uh, coffee shop and all that stuff where Lana Turner was discovered. So he decides that he's going to take me, and I'm sitting in the room with the CEO of this major insurance company, and he's just staring at me. And I thought to myself, what, what's going on here? I said, well, is there anything wrong? And he looks at me and he says, well, you know, Elaine, he says, you have the most beautiful legs I've ever seen. And I was like, I just stood there. Well, being a comic comedian I am, I looked at him, I said, oh, is that going to help us get the deal? But I was so uncomfortable, and I remember, and, and I had no thought at that time about even complaining about it. I mean, that I just had to accept it. That was part of the territory, being a woman. And how things have changed, thank goodness. I mean, it's amazing. And I think that's what the 9 to 5 really, really, uh, really uh, lets us know. Well, how can people find out more information about it? And what else would you like us to know about the play and about yourself? Well, I was just going to comment that there's a beautiful song in this act, too, that's called Change It. 
And part of the lyrics are, nothing's going to change if you don't change it. And I think that's the message that everyone should take away from it, is that you can facilitate change if you just take a chance and do it. Um, And you can come and enjoy the show by visiting our website uh, and purchasing tickets online. Our box office is also open um, on Wednesday to Friday for in-person service from 5 to 8 p.m. If you'd like to come in and see um, our lovely box office associate, um, Sharika, and uh, they'd be happy to help you. Uh, And we had a fantastic opening weekend. And I just got distracted by a really cute guest. That yeah, just we came just in. have you right now. My great granddaughter, Satori. Hi, Satori. <laughs> just came in. <laughs> and I have a little present for you on your on the on little dolls. You're, I hope you're going to enjoy. Well, thank you so much, you know, Annie. I really wish you all the success in the world, you know. And I was thinking, now that you're talking, you know, I was thinking maybe I do want to go and see it. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see about that. But anyway, let's. Let's give us our website for the Sixth Street Playhouse, if you have it. And then I want to talk a little bit with Shakina about the Peace and Justice Center. We need to kind of switch the conversation a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Our website is www.sixth, the number six, T-H, street, S-T-R-E-E-T, playhouse.com. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I really look forward to seeing you. I mean, you're just, I can feel from your personality. I'm sure that you've just done a wonderful, wonderful job. And shaking her head, yeah. I'm sure we have a seen. lot of fun. <laughs> That's the most important thing. I think that when you want to come out and you want to have fun, you know, and also you're looking at a situation as, as women, we're still, we're still in a box that we can't get out of, that we're still fighting for. And we really need to pay attention to that. Well, Shakina, let's 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 kind of switch hats a little bit since you wear two hats. There you go. Uh, talk a little bit about the Peace and Justice Center. I mean, now the pandemic, you're kind of slowed down a little bit. Are you working there? What are some of the projects you have? I know that you have a special event that's coming up June 18th. It's a fundraiser. Why don't you talk about that? Anything you want to say, my sure, love? Sure. The June 18th fundraiser is actually a free believe it or not how do you do a fundraiser when it's free donations and more importantly it's a friend raiser and that's happening at moonlight brewing we have linda lou and michael who are renowned musicians they are playing and also with some friends by the way you can go to our website pjc dot pjcsoco.org and there's a page about the concert and also bohemian highway another fabulous local group is playing it's just a gathering of people together to celebrate because we have been in lockdown for two years so it's going to be a nice time to get together so after the Juneteenth event at MLK you can come on down to Moonlight Brewing on the same day let me ask you a question you said it was a friend friend raiser what's a friend raiser well you know what a fundraiser is so a friend raiser is just getting more friends for the Peace and Justice Center, you know, or for whatever organization, if it's Sixth Street Playhouse, a friend raiser, just kind of a play on words. Yeah, and talk a little bit about what the Peace and Justice Center does. And also, also, I'd like you to include a little bit, I mean, 
with the Sixth Street Playhouse, you know, I'm still kind of hung up on the fact that they had this education program. You know, I think that's so important, you know, that people actually look at something like that to help them to be able to have more self-esteem. I mean, to me, even if you're going to be a lawyer, you should take a, a, a drama class, you know, to help you to see how, how that works. So go ahead. Uh, the Sixth Street Playhouse. <laughs> I'm wearing my two hats. Switch my hat. <laughs> Well, 50 years for Sixth Street Playhouse under a different name, but the organization has been in Sonoma County celebrating 50 years. And then Peace and Justice Center, we are close to 40 years. And I encourage people to go to the website. You can also sign up there for our weekly e-newsletter to get lots of information. But we are an umbrella for other nonprofits or other groups that are not 501c3 nonprofits that have anything to do with peace and social justice, whatever that may mean to you. So please do check us out. And um, I want to say that I am producing a big concert this summer on August 13th at the Monterio Amphitheater. It is called Raise the Roof festival benefiting Peace and Justice Center of Sonoma County because we have a building that is aging just like Sixth Street Playhouse building and we have to fundraise we actually need to replace the roof and so I thought that's a nice way to call the festival Raise the Roof Festival. The headliner is Mombo Tumbo SF which are members of formerly of Santana and Malo and more information I'm hoping to have tickets on sale this Saturday the 11th. So please go to our website to look at that. We are limiting capacity because of COVID so people can bring their lawn chairs and their blanket and spread out. Monterey Amphitheater is an incredible venue. There are five bands. And like I said, Mambo Tombo SF is the headliner. So this is going to be something fabulous. And we actually are hoping to raise the money to replace the roof at that event. Well, you know, talking about the Peace and Justice Center, we've had several protests that you have have sponsored. How do you feel the community is responding to what all that is happening with all these mass shootings? What what kind of calls are you getting, or what kind of concerns do you feel the community is expressing? Why is it still happening? I think that's the overall. You know, like, you know, you were talking at the beginning of the show about the equal pay in 1963, and that goes right into this 9 to 5, which was produced in 1981 originally. And so, you know, we've come a long way, but we have a long way to go. And so I feel that's, um, you know, but it's bringing people together. And I just, I do want to say we do have a new person at the Peace and Justice Center, which is Madonna Feather Cruz, who's also on the board here of KBBF. Oh, I love her. She's <laughs> phenomenal, and she is our administrative assistant and DEI advocate, because we must do DEI advocacy, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Because if, if organizations are not doing that in this day and age, we're missing the boat. And so that um, I'm very proud that I wrote, I applied for a grant and got that on behalf of the Peace and Justice Center so that we could employ Madonna very, very part time. But she is there two days a week and is answering emails and the phone. So even if it's not a time where she's there, leave a message and you'll hear back from her. Well, you know, it's real interesting. I wanted to read something before we say goodbye here. You know, we're coming very quickly to the end of the segment. You know, we're talking about these mass shootings and stuff. And the thing that's really interesting is this, how to end mass shootings in America. I just thought, just I'm going to read this if you both, one of you could just comment on. Number one, ban assault-style weapons. 
Two, enact a 14-day waiting period. Three, uh, stop all off-record gun sales by private owners. Next, stop sales at gun shows. Next, limit magazines to five rounds. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Ban bump stocks and all others. Now, that's the, and the rapid-fire technology. Require licenses for all. I like that, like a car. You know, handle it like a car. Firearms just like cars. Raise the minimum age to buy our firearms to 21, a universal background checks, ban sales to domestic abusers. You know, we can make it happen. You know, what? what's your thought? Go ahead. I think the thing that's missing from that list is mental health. Mental health. and have Mental some health mental, awareness. Mental health awareness, all these different things. And also awareness, like the play like 9 to 5, to give us an awareness of what women go through in the workplace, trying to understand, trying to get their equal pay, so to speak. And also to help keep the Peace and Justice Center alive. I mean, a lot of these programs are kind of, I mean, I'm looking at Athena House. You know, a lot of these programs are, are going. Well, ladies, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on Women's Spaces and wish you much, much success. And just wait, but we're going to be ending the show. Well, that's it for our show, folks. Thank you to Nancy Rogers, chair for the Juneteenth celebration happening Saturday, June 18th at the Martin Luther King Jr. Park. And uh, thank you to Annie Warren Clark and Shakina Black from the Sixth Street Playhouse uh, talking about the play 925. Uh, remember, all the information will be on our website, www.womenspaces.com. And also, there's a few events coming up at the Peace and Justice Center. You can also see them on on our website at www.womenspaces.com. A reminder, remember, your the children are our future, and we must never lose sight of that. And I'm really excited because Women's Spaces will replay tonight at 11 o'clock, and I hope everybody tunes into that. This is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening. And a reminder, do something for peace just a simple thing, maybe write a letter to the editor, speak out, get to know your neighbor. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, June 6, 2022.